All right, are we ready? Yeah. Um. Hmm. Think. Think. I'm ready. The dragon. The pod is ready. What, Chris? Is that our opening? (laughs) No. We've had a a really weird series of openings lately. All right, let's see. We've had teeth removal. We've had acapella. We've had back credit card. We've had dinosaur talk. I mean, what what else is there to do? What how else are you supposed to open this? Um, we had monkey, right? I mean. Welcome back, everyone, to Stack Episode Six. <laughs> so, no. All right, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Ethan. I'm Brandon. And I'm Chris. And today we're taking our we're going we're taking a rewind or a fast forward into the, the genre of time travel movie. Now this was. For all the listeners, and I guess everybody else except for the three of us, Brandon was uh, backing it up by going... Which is good. I like it. I love the spirit. I want to see that energy more in the podcast, Brandon. You've been you've been holding back. <laughs> no. I disagree. Okay. Well. No. No. Okay. Well... It's been a really eventful week this week. Just kidding. I don't think it has. How's everybody doing? What's what's going on? Who are you? Brandon, what did you do this week? Uh, I finally caught up to you in the amount of movies I've watched this year. Finally. <laughs> I took a huge break in uh, March and April because of Corona, but, you know, now I'm caught up. Fuck. I had a great time. Watched the rest of Spielberg's filmography. So now I've got that Whoa. knocked out. Uh, pretty, pretty good. I feel pretty good. You and your Munich review. You don't like that Munich? movie because. Listen. Because why? No, say why. Why don't I like that movie? Because it's too dark for you. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> Says the person who gave Grave of the Fireflies three and a half because you said, yeah, it's too sad. It's hey, a little too sad for me. It doesn't go in depth with their emotions like Munich does. Munich no. is like about PTSD no, and Munich learning is to become a cold-blooded killer. M- Munich is goofy? Yes, it's fun. The editing is awful. Are you fucking kidding me? I can't, I can't believe you said the end of the re- in your review that the end is fantastic. The it end is. is horrible. No, the end is great. Chris, can I spoil Munich? It doesn't really do, have to do with anything. Like, uh, sure. I need to talk about this. Go for it. Okay, so the end of the movie, uh, Eric Bana is having sex, like this, the sweatiest, grossest sex ever while he's having flashbacks to all that. the horrible things he's done. I'm he's not like, talking about uh, And it's like, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, it's supposed to be sad, but it's like, nah, dog. Shit's bad. No. That's not what the ending I was talking about, though. I'm talking that, about that. That is the ending. No, it's not. The ending is when he's walking on the bridge with uh, Ephraim, and he's like Jeffrey he, Rush. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush's character. Jeffrey and Rush. And he's like trying to contemplate all the bad stuff he's done, and like if he's gonna be safe, and if like he he sees the hypocrisy of his own actions based on like 
the way other people act and he's questioning whether or not he acted in the right state of mind or whether or not he acted uh for his country correctly and because he kind of exiled himself by coming to the u.s and he invites he has an olive branch out to his countryman at the end and the guy rejects and it's just so like haunting and beautiful and sad that it's like wow that was a journey all right well this is this podcast isn't a munich review this is stacked let's go to chris chris how was your week man how you how you doing i did pretty good um it's been a pretty nice week um Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. What did I watch this week? Um, I finally saw Edward Yang's A Brighter Summer Day. That was a long, long watch, but an amazing movie. Um, I watched <laughs> Under the Silver Lake. Um, it's been a while since I saw an Andrew Garfield film, so that was that was a pleasant surprise. I didn't know he was in the movie when I watched it. Um, I rewatched The Graduate. Um, you know, always, always a very mesmerizing movie. So good. Um, I saw Jules and Jim, a um, Truffaut movie, and the only other Truffaut uh, movie I've seen other than 400 Blows. You've been on a French New Wave cr- uh, kick, Chris. Yeah, I've been watching either French New Wave or like Japan, old school Japanese lately. So that's been that's been nice. What spurred that on? I think it's just like finally looking at Canopy and just like seeing what's out there. And it just naturally came to me, I guess. And um, yesterday was actually my sister's birthday. So we rewatched. Uh, I rewatched with her. Um, uh, super seven. bad. Oh. I rewatched through that, but then I, but then I watched seven. Like with, rewatched seven with her. Uh, it was her first time seeing seven, and oh man, like watching someone's fresh reaction to that movie. I mean, any David Fincher movie, I feel like fresh reactions are always very entertaining. Yeah. I mean, Brandon knows that because the he, game, bro. <laughs> Well, Brandon made Ethan and I watch God Girl for Valentine's Day in 2018, I think. <laughs> I did, that yeah. was so funny. I mean, well, not fun. Well, it was fun, but not necessarily funny. The, not the movie was funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, yeah, David Fincher films are always so great to watch a second time, especially when you're with people who have never seen it before. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what he does with um, Mank and... Uh, yeah, his movies are always so rewatchable. Like I after his last like last night I was just laying in bed and I was just on a binge of Gone Girl clips. Oh, cuz oh yes. man. It's such a, it's his best movie in my opinion. Yeah, that's the thing about Fincher I feel like like his movies like I feel like everyone has their own favorite. Yeah. But and it's like you can under even though you might not agree, you can totally understand why people prefer certain movies Except like Family and 3. Okay, yeah, but um, <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, isn't that isn't that uh, Katie's favorite movie, favorite alien movie? Yeah, it's her favorite alien. I don't know if it's her favorite Fincher. I kind of doubt oh. that, to be honest. No, I doubt that. That, that would be weird. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, Katie Walsh. Yeah, Katie Walsh, great <laughs> professor. professor. Um, yeah, critic. I mean, everyone has their own favorite Fincher film. Like Brandon, yours is Gone Girl. Mine's Seven. Ethan, is yours? Is yours? Mine's Seven as well. Okay, yeah, love but that yeah. film. I yeah. think Joey loves Zodiac a lot. Joey Zodiac's great too. That's my second. Joey, Joey hasn't even seen Seven yet. It's not even on his letterbox. What? Yeah, I'm surprised. Joey Jordan, this is a call out. If you want to be on this podcast, you've got to listen to Seven. Listen, you got to watch Seven. <laughs> you don't need to watch the picture. 
you just, yeah, just put, put it on the background, do something else. Like that's <laughs> that's good enough. Spinger's <laughs> movies are like not really visually interesting. It's all about the dialogue. Like just like <laughs> <laughs> gross. Anyway, yeah, that was my week. It was a good time. Um, nice. You what about you, Ethan? Yeah. Um. Um. Let's see. What did I? What did I? What did I? What did I do? What did I do? I watched some movies. I rewatched uh, the Iron Giant because oh, so good, dude. That's an amazing. It's just movie. like we, movie. my roommate and I. We just wanted to we wanted to rewatch a classic just one day. What's amazing about the movie is the cine, Chris. The cine oh, in that yeah. movie. It's gorgeous. It's the beautiful. lighting, like the, the lighting. how the lighting hits the detail of the backgrounds. Uh-huh. That, that's what I was really focusing on this time around, mm-hmm. and it was like holy shit. Oh, that's great. What about the food in Iron Giant? Oh, my God. The milkshake and the bread. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is some good movie food. We got to do a movie. We should do a movie food episode one day. I'm down. That'd be good. Brandon and I, uh, with a couple of our friends, we went to go see Iron Giant in a theater with with Brad Bird. That was amazing. Um, And I remember, I, I think I was sitting maybe like one or two seats down from Brandon. And I remember when that chocolate milkshake scene or vanilla whatever milkshake scene came on brand and i looked at each other and we were like "Ooh, that was good that was delicious even though there's laxatives in it but that, yeah, that and you both so began good. shitting <laughs> oh ran out of the theater oh. grabbing my pants oh go 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 i'm sorry brad that scene just like triggers everyone it's like it's like this the song that makes you poop here I'll, i'm gonna put that song in right now so yeah, uh, oh, our, listeners should, pro- oh, our oh, listeners should probably be running to the bathroom right now. Okay, I'll stop it. I'll, I'll oh. cu- okay, I'll spare you. But yeah, I watched Iron Giant. I also I watched a very underrated uh, hidden gem animated series by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I watched all of Clone High. Never. Heard it's that. only like eleven episodes. It's about um, the government clones uh like a bunch of historical figures and have and raise them and it's it's about their life in high school and it's like it's like a parody of like dawson's creek and stuff like that and like early 2000s like teen dramas you know and it's really funny because it's like it's like the first project that uh lord and miller worked on and you can just see it it's all on youtube someone uploaded a video of every single episode back to back on youtube so just look up Clone High, and it's on Litterbox because it's only one season because they canceled it after one season. So pretty sick. That's what I did. Definitely recommend those two things I watched if you haven't seen them. Okay. Now with that out of the way, let's get to what this show is all about. What is this show? What do we do? What are we doing here? I bet we're getting a lot, lot more listeners now because I don't know if you heard this. We've expanded. Expand We are now not only on YouTube, but we're on Anchor and Spotify, baby. That's right. Now you can listen to it not having a tab open on your computer. You can do it on the go. You can have it with your phone off, you know, because you can play stuff with your phone off. You don't have to look at the screen. Though, YouTube listeners, if you do if you do listen on YouTube, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to throw those those treats out for you. There's going to be some some edits, you know, some some stuff you won't miss if you if you're watching on YouTube, you know. Maybe something like this, like that. All right, get out of here. So, just saying. <laughs> but now there's more options. More options how you listen to Stack. 
more options now you can hang out with your boys, Ethan, Brandon, and Chris. That's right. We here at Stack to give you choices. You get options. It's not just a one-way street anymore. You got we give you the right to choose here at Stacked. Th- this yeah. isn't communism anymore. <laughs> what? So <laughs> the funny thing about the the edits that Ethan makes for our YouTube videos is that none of it ever gets like like uh, screened or checked by me and Brandon. So for all we know, he could you'd be editing the most like like weird things over us, and we have no idea. Like right now. Oh, oh, oh look at that! <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> Giving him so much work to do. I don't care. I have literally nothing to do with my life anymore. Move. All I do is eat, sleep, and edit podcast <laughs> and record podcast. All right. Special announcement out of the way. Let's get into the podcast. So, what is stacked? Well, I'm gonna pass it on to myself to tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that yawn was picked up. I see Chris is having a good time. <laughs> Once a week, we set a topic or theme and go our separate ways to construct our own three film stack. Then after a week, we come back here on the podcast and share our own stacks one film at a time. Then at the end of the show, we will mix and match our nine films to make the ultimate decision on what quintessential three film stack we are checking out of this hypothetical video store. That's the rules of the show. That's how we play the game. That's what it is. Let's see. Who's up first? Um... Uh, I went last time, so. You went last time? So it's me. Um, so before I get into my first film, let me just uh, let me just break down how I constructed the stack here. So as I said, the show's all about time travel movies. Now, I feel like to capture what time travel really is, you got to have a significant film about going back in time, a significant film about going forward in time, and then a film that's just like, little mixes up, you know, that kind of manipulates time. It's a little mix of both, you know? So I'm going to start with a little bit of both. I think that's the first film, because this one's a lot more smaller scale in terms of time travel. Uh, This is a 2016 uh, superhero film directed by Scott Derrickson. It's Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Now, before I saw this movie... um, I wasn't really familiar with the character of Doctor Strange. Like, I'm a big Marvel fan, but I never really tapped into the world of, like, the magic side of the MC of the Marvel Universe. So when I saw this, like, I became number one Doctor Strange fan. Like, this shit was amazing. Firstly, because, like, how the movie goes through the origin of Strange, it really connected me during the time, really connected with me during the time. Um, just sort of, like, the process of putting blame going through his accidents because i too was also uh chris and brand i was going through some surgeries at the time this came out <laughs> we don't need to go into detail no we're not no we're not gonna i don't want to slap that picture that. on the screen no <laughs> put up a censored bar. we're not we're not gonna talk about that's gonna that's gonna be a. that's that's not for the podcast All right, guys, if we get 20 likes on this next one <laughs> right if we get maybe for episode 100 i'll talk about what happened that's a goal all right that's fair yeah fine, fine. so mark mark my words episode 100 i'll talk about what happened to me anyways yeah so i was going through surgeries at the time and like what i loved the most about this movie is like how stephen strange goes through like the phases of blame in this film sort of like he blames on everyone else when he first gets his accident 
And then he goes through this like this deep dark thing of blaming himself for what happened to him. But then at the end of the film, like he comes to this conclusion through the ancient one with my favorite quote, just saying, it's just plain and simple. It's not about you, you know? Is that things just happen and that's the way it is. Brandon just passed out. I just saw him <laughs> fall to his back of his head. But anyways, um, why did I include this on a time travel film, you know? Because the time stone, it does some funky shit, does some funky shit. Um, I just love the time manipulation in this movie. Like, the third act of this film is fucking amazing. It's probably one of my favorite third acts in any superhero film where characters are fighting while the city's being built up after destruction, you know? So everything around them's reversed, but they're fighting, but the action's going forward. And then, of course, you have the infamous time loop at the end with uh, Dormammu. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Come on. That shit's just iconic now. Like, everyone knows that line. When I went to um, uh, Mission Breakout at Disneyland, there was these, like, frat dudes. <laughs> like, the most typical frat dudes you'd ever see. And they just kept screaming when we were on the ride, Dormammu, I've come to bargain! For, like, no reason. And I was like... Oh, this is so. This then is, they drop <laughs> after you said they that. They were doing it as we were going up, as like during slowly. They're all going, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And it's like Ooh. these frat dudes with backwards hats and like skin tight t shirts, like these big old hunks. And I was like, Oh, that you know, that scene's truly become iconic if it's like you know, if it's going out to that sort of demographic. But yeah, that's my first film, Doctor Strange. What do you think, Brandon? You were making a lot of faces at me. I just don't, I don't know if it's time travel. There's that one, I mean, I guess because it's time manipulation, I guess you could call it time travel. It all revol revolves around getting the time stone. It does, it does. But, yeah, it does. It's, so I guess you can make that argument. I really like Doctor Strange as a movie. Um, I, I think the comparisons to Iron Man are fair. Yeah. However, I, I honestly prefer Doctor Strange for the trippy visual style and like the kind of interesting tone because for an mcu film and especially for an origin movie i think the only one that really compares to that in tone is probably ant-man just in how yeah. different it is from the rest of the mcu uh and i mean like you said that that end fight scene where uh the everything's being built up again and they they're like fighting over the time stone and wong who's previously like dead comes yeah. back to life and is like what it's crazy. I love it. Uh, I don't know about it being one of the best third acts in Marvel history, but you know, you could say that one again. of the most unique. Unique, yeah, but you best, can't you can't deny that one. Yeah, best. Not. You literally can't. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Brandon just hit me with that aura aura for all you JoJo fans out there. Chris, what do you think of this movie? I remember when I first saw this, like, I, much like you, Ethan, I wasn't, like, the biggest, like, most avid fan of Doctor Strange. But I will say, like, much kind of similar to you is, like, the visual stylization and how it manipulates space and time in relation to each other um, through, like, the battles and everything like that was really, really, like, jaw-dropping. Uh, it gave me kind of the same feeling that I had when I first watched Inception for the first time. That kind of like manipulation of space and how 
things like shift in a dream world kind of thing. It's not really a dream world, but like, yeah, I like that kind of like, you know, manipulation of space and time in relation to each other is really, really like awe-inspiring almost. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's the thing about like time travel movies, I feel like, which I realized when I was making my, my list was that it kind of, you know, you can go in so many different genres in a time travel based film. You know, it could go in action and go in comedy, obviously. You can go into like philosophy and stuff like that. So like, you know, there's a there's a wide variety. So that's why I feel like this this list is like a lot more difficult to assemble than one might think. It's also difficult because like uh the rules of each time travel film are completely different, you know? Yeah. So it's like up to you to f- to figure out which which time travel theory you like the most, you know. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think the MCU's time travel theory is my favorite, but maybe maybe we can get into that later once we uh break down once we show off all of our films. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, do you want to share with us your first film? Yeah, for sure. Um, man, I don't even know which one to start with. Well, Ethan, you started off with a kind of actionish film, so I think I'll follow suit. Um, so three of, so each of my movies kind of divides into a genre, which is, which encapsulates time travel within it. So, um, I have philosophy, I have, well, philosophy is not really a genre, but it deals with philosophy, um, and then comedy and then action. So I'm going to start with action. My pick is a Tom Cruise movie. Um, uh, here was this thing, uh, 2014 by Doug Lyman. Oh. It's Edge of Tomorrow, baby. Yeah. Great movie. Um, so much fun. I love, like, yeah, the Groundhog Day formula got kind of stale, you know, after its release, and so many movies tried to spoof it and everything. But I, the only movies I can think of that, like, really, really, like, took that concept and ran with it in their own way are this. And, Ethan, you watched this recently, Makoto Shinkai's Your Name. In, like, oh. the... And like the yeah. Groundhog, yeah. Well, like, not exactly that, but like kind of similar in that sense. But uh, Edge of Tomorrow was about it's about a um, like he's like a military officer, but he gets thrown into the front lines, and on his bat in his battle, he gets in he gets like severely injured, but absorbs a little bit of like alien DNA in the process or something like that. And as part of that, as part of that, every time he dies, he kind of like respawns into like like hours before he is shipped out on his first day so he has to he becomes like a master of his craft because he literally experiences every way to win and lose this battle that he becomes just fluid at it but there's still stake it's not like a situation where tom cruise is invincible like he's literally not and emily blunt throughout this movie is kind of like his he's like I don't know, his, um, not really a sidekick, but, like, a natural extension to him. And just, like, the whole adventure of it all is so, so, like, it's all just really fun. And it's very human, like, surprisingly so, too. Like, you see how, like, tormented Tom Cruise can be as a result of all this. And his acting is really on top, on top with this one. Um, yeah, really, really fun film. And, like, honestly, just, like, a really, really good time. What do you guys think of this movie? I really like this movie. Uh, I remember seeing, I think it was uh, director Jordan Voigt Roberts, because uh, he's currently working on a Metal Gear Solid movie. 
and someone asked him like what do you think are the most like quintessential video game movies you know and he said um kubo and the two strings like perfectly captures what it is to like be an adventure game but edge of tomorrow is like the most realistic way of depicting video games on film and i i completely agree with that like the way um because it's kind of like Tom Cruise has infinite lives and whenever he dies, he starts from a new save point, you know? And like, you'll see that progression of him, like getting better and better at what he's supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, like, of course it's this, the groundhog day formula is really good for comedies and stuff like that and dramas, but applied to an action setting is really cool, you know? And yeah, I remember going to see this with my parents, like, the mark I remember the marketing for this movie was awful, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. The trailers were so bad. Yeah, they were awful. And so there's no like nobody in the theater. I think the movie bombed, like maybe made some money. I don't know if it bombed or not, but I remember they're like nobody really saw this movie when it came out in theaters. So when we saw it, it was an empty theater, we weren't thinking good things, but when we came out, like we were all blown away. And yeah, it was great experience, great time travel movie. I'm glad it's been mentioned out here on the podcast. What do you good think, Brandon? Uh, I saw this in a double feature in 2014 with Godzilla. Ooh. The 20th. Wow. So, so it was like two movies that did poorly at the American box office in terms of what they should have done. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, why, why are these movies being ignored? Like, I remember 2014 was like the time when blockbusters were kind of good and we're getting to the point where it's like, it's like a, 30 60 chance that they're they are now but like before it was like every blockbuster that came out was a banger and uh edge of tomorrow was one of those i mean it it was very original even though it was based on a manga um it gave you a different look at the groundhog day formula like you said uh providing for like something more political because i don't often see in time travel movies this political aim and if it is not not done well you know um and I really enjoy this movie, particularly because, like, the action is just so visceral. Like, when you're in the trenches, you really feel like you're there. And I feel like it's one of the better war movies, not just, like, science fiction war movies, but better war movies of the past 10 years. Yeah, man. That's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Groundhog Day. Not Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> All we need is kill. No. All I you mean, need is kill. I mean, it, no. that live, die, repeat. I mean... <laughs> It was for wait. It was first okay. So it was first Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. And then it was, then they changed it like for DVD was like Live Die Repeat. Yeah, yeah. And then wasn't it now it's Legend Edge of Tomorrow Live Die Repeat? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then the manga is called All You Need Is Kill, which I think they that's a great title. I think they should have kept that one. Yeah. Whatever. All right, Brandon, share with us your first film. All right. Before Brandon says anything, okay. I want to say I think. I, this is the most confident I've been that I can guess Brandon's list perfectly. Oh, yeah? I, I, I guess... Hmm, should we, should I we say our guesses? Too. No. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I think I got all three, but I'll I'll let you know if I, if it's not the one. But go, go ahead, Brandon. Okay. All right. So the number one movie you have to start with when you're talking about time travel is Back to the Future. There it Come is. You, you cannot mention any other time travel movie without mentioning this one just because of how perfect it is this is my favorite movie ever made uh so i hope it makes the stack but 
Back to the Future is so great because it, it really delves into what's fun about time travel, like being able to like see another time, another place that you recognize just from a different point of view. Uh, that and like especially when you're going back to a time when there wasn't a lot of like camera footage of like your old town or even like you know people around from back then it's really cool uh the story is really interesting the way it messes with um what you do in the past and how it affects the future uh it tells a really good moral story about marty becoming a better person uh slightly uh learning to care about people other than himself i mean it's it's criticized often for being an arcless story but i'd argue that that's really not the case it's just the beginnings of his arc for the entire trilogy uh and what what i love about back to the future is just the performances are great the the time travel is excellent the the earth angel scene at the end oh yeah it's so perfect and yeah i love this movie yeah i mean i really really love the um the back to back to the future i mean the back to the original back to the future film I remember when I first saw it, um, it was like very, very magical, but I hadn't seen it in many, many years. And I finally revisited it recently, actually. And yeah, it, it still held a lot of that like magic to it that I really, really adored. Yeah, I mean, like like Brandon said, like the, the sense of like adventure, but also like heart that this movie has is so engrossing. And honestly, like it's just so powerful as like a, it's really like in all honesty it's, it's actually a rather simple movie on a like scope level but the way in which it's conducted is so like emotionally like powerful and honestly just so much fun that like it's so easy to lose yourself in this world you know you get chills every time like um marty goes back to the 50s 50s for the first time or every time earth angel plays at the prom so like yeah i mean like you know, this movie is quite literally timeless and yeah. it's, it's, it's all just so organic. Um, and I, and like, obviously it just means this movie means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and it has like such a vast impact, not only on the industry, but time travel films weren't really like as big of a thing, like pre uh, back to the future. And this is like one of the few films that kind of like made it into like the popular, like conversation about time travel and kind of, it fascinated viewers for so long because they started thinking about like how time travel works, the mechanics and the logic behind it with like, you know, much more popularity. And like, since then time travel films have very much modeled themselves after back to the future. It's since then it has kind of been like the golden goose of time travel films. And yeah, and evidently for very good reason, it's been like, it's achieved that status. And, you know, honestly, like it is kind of like quintessential time travel cinema without question almost like it would be really odd to have a discussion about time travel without in cinema without having that conversation about back to the future so yeah i mean i think this is a really 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 like this is like it's almost like a no-brainer film to talk about when talking about time travel i agree ethan how about you brandon this is this movie is my jaws back to the future is overrated I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. When I saw it, I was whelmed. You were... I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. I was whelmed. I said, okay, that's a pretty good movie. 
all right, three and a half stars. Like, I don't know. Um, Dude, look at me. Look at me. Like, no, you're incorrect. <laughs> this is this is an objective fact that this is one of the most perfect movies ever no. made. It's the tightest edited. Like, you will not find a dead spot in this movie in terms of its writing or its score because those things carry the movie as well as the chemistry between the lead characters and actors in the movie. You don't find any movie that's better put together. I don't disagree, but well, I mean, I don't know. I don't, it's been so long. It's been so long, but like when I saw it, I was just like, okay, Doc Marty. Marty go Doc and Doc go Marty, you know? Like I didn't think the acting was all that good from like Biff and like George McFly. You're George McFly and stuff like that. Uh, the kissing mom stuff is kind of weird. That's uh, I don't know. Yeah, try to explain that. One. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really. It wasn't Dude, consensual. He didn't want it. It's not like it was fetishizing that. Watch Howard the Duck. Well, that's a different movie. Same actress, different movie. <laughs> Same universe. No. That's what happened to her after Back to the Future. Well, I think you I think Ethan needs to watch Back to the Future again. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think it's definitely do a rewatch. I mean, like like even like like pre-rewatch, I think I would have been floating around like maybe a low four, but it boosted to like a mid four and a half at least after mm -hmm. the rewatch. So good, but yeah, I think I think it, I think you could you could do with the rewatch, Ethan. Well, maybe maybe I gotta watch it with some fans, you know, because I watched it I by mean, myself. Brandon pitched a trilogy rewatch. I've never seen Back to the Future three. I thought two was okay. I I, I think individually, if you look at the Back to the Future movies, one is like this gem, like a blockbuster mm -hmm. cinema. And then, like, if you look at two and three individually on their own, they're fun movies, but they don't have the weight unless you watch all three of them back to back, which is how I watched them originally. I didn't even know that there were two others. I just saw the first one, and then it said to be continued, and I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. And then my dad was like, yeah, here's the trilogy. And I just, like, was like, I went ham. And it just, they blend together so well. And the, the arc of the characters is just so good. But the first one is just this golden gem for cinema. And yeah, I, it's very hard for me to think of a movie doing anything better than that. I will admit that how many times has Back to the Future been brought up in movies with time travel? You know, everyone's like, wait, so it's not like Back to the Future or it's just like Back to the Future. Like that's how much of its status it is created in time travel movies. I don't know if it's going to make it to in our list. We'll have to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. That's it. Let's move on from Back to the Future. This could be the Back to the Future podcast, but it's not going to be because my second film. So now, like I said earlier, this film is about be going about going back, not back to the future, going back in time. And this film is about going way back in time. It's directed by Sam Raimi. Oh, I know. Oh, uh, uh, my my second pick is Army of Darkness. Spider Man Two. Never mind. Spider Man <laughs> Two. <laughs> the best Evil Dead movie, in my 
humblest Brandon level of humble opinion. Uh, <laughs> so the movie goes as this. Uh, after being stuck through like some sort of wormhole at the end of Evil Dead 2, uh, Bruce Campbell's Ash goes back to, let me check my notes here, 1300 AD, and he, he fights the forces of evil and dark magic, the same dark magic that brought him back to the past. And this movie is a great uh, unconventional fish out of water film with Ash as like this uh, normal dude from the 80s who goes back in time and suddenly becomes this incredible badass. This film is just, it's so well paced. It goes by in a second. And uh, it just, it elevates everything from the Evil Dead on a grand, uh, grander scale. Like, well, at least from Evil Dead 2. Like, all the ridiculousness in that movie. Because then you got, like, armies of skeletons, like, like going, out. Oh, what the fuck's going on? Man, what the fuck? And just, like, everyone's kind of an asshole in this movie. And that's what makes it so great. It's such a metal uh, movie. It's, like, it's hilarious. And I just please more skeletons in films can we just can we all agree on that more talking skeletons in films yes i agree yep yeah For sure. okay that's the, our stack declaration more skeletons in film <laughs> yeah yeah oh we're gonna start a whole <laughs> film movement where skeletons are the starring roles in all films and they have to be stop motion as well we're it's, gonna be called bonies where we call Mr. Bones Productions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my second film. Uh, Army of Darkness. Brandon, what do you think? I, I like Army of Darkness. I just th- I think it's just so different and unique from the rest of the Evil Dead movies that it really doesn't fit in. Like With Evil Dead 1, 2, and even the remake, each of them has that cabin setting. And I know 2 is basically a, a remake of 1, but like they are all these like horrific i mean even even though the second one has comedy they're all horror movies at their heart it's not really based around anything else and then they just pop in this like pseudo sequel uh time travel comedy and it's just like whoa what like this does well, not really pop in i mean because you see him go back in time at the end of evil dead 2 well i i know but, like, it just feels, like, so random, you know, out of anything, like, to do a yeah. follow-up to that. that it not suck him into hell or anything to fight these demons. He drops into 1300s or 1400s uh, Europe or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a very enjoyable movie. Bruce Campbell is the best in this movie I think he's ever been. Like, better than Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Like his chainsaw hand is wonderful. His double body self that's amazing his boomstick come on oh yeah this is my boomstick that's iconic <laughs> line yeah. oh, it's great i love it chris what do you think i'll be honest i've not seen this movie <gasps> i've only ever seen the original evil dead and the really 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 gruesome remake you never well, saw evil God, dead too no, never seen any. We, of the other we gotta do an Evil Dead Two Army of Darkness double feature because you don't really need to see the first one to see the other two. I've heard like they're very like they're all like they're not very as interconnected as a sequel might lead you to believe. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, my only the only really things things I can think of with when I think of Evil Dead is like obviously like the the tropes you know cabin in the woods all that and the classic um, and. Brandon, I remember you and I, like, we were both, like, kind of fascinated by the 
remake of Evil Dead. Oh yeah, like the really like grotesque it. one. It's so I don't think I've ever seen a movie that brutally violent and like so graphic about it. Brain too. Dead, maybe. Like Saw and oh, Brain yeah. Dead, maybe, and that's it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say about this movie. I haven't seen anything about it. I had no idea time travel was a thing in this in this franchise. Oh yes, yeah. it's crazy. It comes out of left field, dude. The end think, of this movie is amazing, though. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's one of the best endings of all time. Not going to lie. Yes. Give us an Evil Dead 4, please. I would love it. Well, I guess there's that TV series. Maybe I should check that out. I don't know. It's pretty good. But, like, one thing that's, like, a popular aspect of time travel movies is, like, the fish-out-of-water aspect, you know? Where this character is time-traveled as, like, is in a completely new... uh world for them you know like you see that in back to the future and i think this one is like the most disjointed fish out of water which is why it's so hilarious it's this this 80s teenager in 1300s europe <laughs> he's not even a teenager he's he's playing like a early 20s late teens and he's like 40 yeah i swear <laughs> hey bruce campbell's not that old come on yeah i'm pretty sure he is he was 40 when they did this movie i'm pretty sure yeah wow okay old boy old boy in an old point <laughs> but yeah, right, that's my second film yeah good movie all right chris take us into your number two all right well my final two films um god i don't even know which which one to put next you know what i'm gonna start with the one that i think will be controversial um because i know that you guys like my final pick but the second one i had to throw it in here because classic i think that the lead actor in this movie gives his best performance in his career in this film what movie is this mm. i don't even Can you guess no <clears throat> directed by this guy called frank coracci in 2006 guys it's adam sandler's click oh come on. my god come on this movie guys even you were talking about recently about how this movie cannot be bad because like you said it's a movie with a remote controls everything it controls everything it does control everything i mean like this okay let me let me start with the log line so this movie is about a like a workaholic michael newman who um is having so much trouble balancing his work life with his family life and one day he gets so fed up he goes to bed bath and beyond now little did you know ladies and gentlemen bed bath and beyond has a beyond section not just a bed and bath section right <laughs> and in yeah. there he meets christopher walken <laughs> so stupid um, <laughs> where he gets he gets a remote control that controls space and time giving him access to luxuries in life that he never had before, such as being able to skip a fight with his wife or, um, you know, being able to do certain things, you know, that he never otherwise would have been able to. Yeah. But, and, you know, it, hijinks ensue, stupid Adam Sandler shit happens. I mean, there's a whole scene where he... <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? He, he's sitting in the car and he's looking pale and he has a meeting so he wants to look good so he adjusts the, the, his skin tone to be like more tan 
more tan, Ethan. Don't give me that look. I wasn't going there. Uh-huh. And um, he, like, switches it. But before he switches to, like, the tanner look, he goes, like, purple. He starts singing the I Love You song from Barney. He goes green, starts singing. Like He starts going, like, don't get the Hulk angry. And then when he goes into the... Uh, and, like, the, the things you do with this remote is just so funny. Like, he he switches people's aspect ratio so they look really fat and <laughs> What? I'm really not selling this movie well. Okay, wait, but okay, back to the time travel thing. I think what makes this movie so, at least to me, very powerful is that he starts abusing this power that he's been given. And by the end of the film, he starts to realize um, the importance of living in the moment and, um, you know, putting down the remote quite literally. And, you know, the importance of like loving your family in that present moment and just like not being caught up in like technology and like aspects of your life that you're not going to remember when when you're old and whatever so yeah to me like click like for all of the stupid adam sandler isms if you will of his like mid-2000s filmography and honestly a little bit some of his contemporary stuff um his this movie actually like really really tugs at my heartstrings like that part at the end where he has to tell his son, like, you know, family comes first. Like, man. And I think that's a lesson, like, I think in the contemporary era, like, we need to hear. You know, putting down the remote, living with your friends, and, like, being happy in the moment. Like, with technology and everything, it can be very easy to forget that. And, yeah, click. Four-star movie. No doubt about it. So what I've, what I've gathered from this yes. is the themes of this movie are wife bad grill good put down your device yeah this is yes, a very sir. this is a very boomer movie <laughs> you know david has watched in this movie guys like that's 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 ticket price enough oh i changed my mind this has to be on our quintessential stack <laughs> no. well, okay. all right brandon brandon, I, brandon i've got a challenge for you okay no i know you've got some things to say no. but one thing what? I, I asked one thing of you go ahead play one point of devil's advocate say one good thing about this movie go ahead click has a message you're right <laughs> about that click has a message yeah. that it's trying to it's get it's not about the money it's about sending a message it's Which i mean joker proceeds to put on click <laughs> <laughs> ah, my second my favorite, favorite movie behind <laughs> moonlight click <laughs> it's okay, not about the jokes it's about sending a message. <laughs> this this movie is just... I love the concept of Click. The idea of having a universal remote that literally can do anything is like a wonderful concept to play with. And I think they overuse it, to be honest. Like, they mm. get too caught up in like the slapstick gags that Adam Sandler is known for rather than like focusing on... like. I mean, he does... like. D- rewind not rewind but um hit the fast forward button on life a few times and it feels very uh like on the nose with what it's trying to communicate but i i enjoy that message that by the end of the film they get to it's just to get there you have to slack through so much shit Mm. and i really mean it and i i enjoy parts of the movie i saw it when i was a kid but like there is so like the the car scene chris gives me nightmares Oh the oh <laughs> where he changes his skin color. Oh boy. Yeah. That, that's oh. not... that, that could have gone south really fast. Yeah. I I was looking at posters 
per click as you were talking, Brandon. And I don't think I found a worse poster in my life. I mean, I'm dropping it in in the Discord chat right now. Look, look at the <laughs> look at the airbrush on Adam Sandler's face. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, Ethan, can you put that picture on the up on yeah, the? YouTube? This is de- this will definitely be on the screen. And and for all you audio listeners, just go, just literally Google "click movie," and it's let's see. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's the eighth result on Google Images. And it's Adam Sandler, but someone took went in Photoshop and like smoothed out all of the wrinkles on his face. And, <laughs> and he's holding the remote like up close to the screen. And then he just has one hand that's like sticking out, like doing whatever the <laughs> fuck that is. And he looks like he's in heaven. Like <laughs> that's all i have to say about this film is this get a load of this poster it's an allegory for purgatory and you have to get through it in order to get to heaven moving on oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the fuck chris <laughs> i i knew when i when i was gonna pitch this movie that it was gonna get shut down but i wanted to give my boy adam sandler the 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 opportunity he deserves because let me just say it now this is a better movie than not cut gems I said it. Oh, there it is. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, you heard it right. Oh my God. That's right. There's an earthquake. Do you feel it? All right, Chris, I now <laughs> challenge you for the next couple of episodes. You've yeah. talked about a Kevin James movie. You've talked about oh. an Adam Sandler movie. Now, Rob Schneider. You ha- yeah, you, ha- you got to do Rob Schneider next. You got to complete the Grown Ups cast. I know exactly one of the, oh I know one of my picks already if I'm doing Bob Schneider. <laughs> no matter what. You it's not even it. Adam Sandler movie. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it just gotta be a main film starring each of the grown-ups cast members. The main easy. <laughs> Brandon's sweating right. over there. Well right. that that's my pitch. All right, Brandon, let's let's hear yours. Yeah. Hit us my with pitch? your two. Oh my You're God. number two. Okay. I rewatched it today. It's an action movie from uh, mm-hmm. what year? 2012, I think. Looper. Yep. Uh, Ryan Johnson movie. It was the first Ryan Johnson I saw. And I saw it on the big screen. I convinced my mom. I was like, Mom, Mom, bring me to this movie. It's rated R. Ah! And, <laughs> and it was like the first <laughs> rated R movie I'd ever seen in theaters, I think. Um, and it blew my mind. Like, Quite literally, I had not. I knew nothing about it going in. All I saw was like short glimpses of the trailer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I'm like, I look like that guy. I want to see that movie. It looks cool. It looks sci-fi, and it, the way it handles time travel in this movie. For those of you who don't know, this is a movie about hitmen who essentially have to kill people from the future that are sent back to them. And they just do it so that they can get rid of crime in the future, essentially. So it's it's kind of got a little minority report to it. But the the reason why I picked this movie is just it is so nuanced and complex and realistic in the use of its time travel that it really understands the mechanics of what it is to travel back and try to affect something. There's this really haunting scene in the movie where one of the loopers who... Um, the people, one of those hitmen, uh, failed to kill one of their targets, who happens to be his future self, escapes, 
they capture one of uh his younger self which is the hitman and they like slowly start like dismantling his body and parts of this guy's body starts to disappear and he has to try and get to the uh the surgery site in time in order to like try and stop it um but it's yeah it's a really dangerous really cool movie yeah definitely this is another great pick um i i yeah like you said the dismantling body part movie i remember like before i saw the movie people were like talking about it. i was like i can't even imagine what that would look like whoa and then i saw it and i was like i was blown away um yeah i like they nailed ryan johnson nailed the chemistry like between joseph gordon levitt and bruce willis in the writing you know making it believe that like joseph gordon levitt is the younger version and like the montage of him getting older you know it like it fl- it flows perfectly into watching him grow into Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, my only gripe with the movie, I think, would be like with the the child, you know, the child, the child. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like that was one idea too many for this time trial movie. I thought the concepts it was dealing with before were like, you mean the TK stuff? Yeah, like, doesn't he have superpowers? Or something? Well everybody does or not everybody but like one third of the population does and it's like it's kind of an expository way of saying how this guy took power so quickly in the future Mm -hmm. i feel like it was just one idea too many but yeah i I still really like the movie here sorry Uh, i just think that the weakest element of the movie is emily blunt here like she kind of feels shoehorned in. Sorry, Chris. She's in this movie. If you didn't know, because he Chris has never seen this movie. Yeah, I haven't seen this yet. Uh, oh. So don't say anything. We haven't spoiled anything. No. No. But um, there's an element in this movie in the middle where I feel like her character is shoehorned in to a situation that really doesn't fit her character, and it's because it plays with audience expectation, and they wanted to do that because this movie subverts audience expectations in a lot of ways but in that one way i i feel like they wanted to throw the audience a bone but you're right ethan the way they take not only the visual effects behind the facial matching of bruce willis and joseph gordon levitt because they like the makeup in this movie is fantastic but down to like the mannerisms and the way that joseph gordon levitt speaks in this movie is so up to par with what you're used to with Bruce Willis that Bruce Willis doesn't really have to do a lot to be great in this movie. And not only right. that, Jeff Daniels in this movie? Wow. That guy Oh is, yeah. He's a great villainous character, I swear. He's a fucking great actor. I love him. Chris, are you, are you interested in Looper now after hearing all this? Yeah, I I've always been interested in this movie. I mean, like I remember, I mean, one of the few things I do know about this movie, obviously I know it's a time travel movie directed by Ryan Johnson. Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and I know, like, part of the movie is set in Shanghai. But um, I've heard that originally, originally in the script, this movie was supposed to take, at least that section of the movie, I don't know how much of it is in it, um, take, was originally supposed to take place in Paris. But the reason they had to switch it, apparently, is because in order to appeal to the Chinese market, investors were concerned about that. So they switched it to Shanghai to accommodate that. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting because they they kind of make reference to that because they had already shot a scene. I think it's like the first scene of the movie, 
where mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is learning um, French and he's speaking French before he does his first hit of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's learning it. And there's a great scene in this movie where Jeff Daniels and him are talking about him or are trying to hash something out per se uh, about a certain character. And they're talking about how he picked him off off the street and how like he's planning how Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be when he put, when he does retire eventually from this profession. And then Jeff Daniels is like, I heard you're going to France. And he's like, yeah, I love France. And then he's like, go to China. I've been, I'm from the future. Go to China. And then, hmm. and then, yeah, it's great. Ah. That's interesting. Great little exchange. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Cool. I, I think yeah. this movie would be right up your alley, Chris. I agree. You should check it out. A sad. Hmm. All right. All right. So we're, we've all shared our number two. So we're back. We're the final, the final lap of this Mario Kart race that is time travel movies. Lap three. I'm going to um, throw a red shell at Ethan. Uh, that was my Luigi impression. <laughs> Getting hit with a red shell. Anyways, my final film. So this one's about traveling forward. And what I should say is, ooh, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, because the big reveal that of this movie is that it's time travel. Is that a certain someone is actually in the future? And that... Is Franklin J. Schaffner's Planet of the Apes. Uh, How should I? I should have expected it. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know why I didn't think of that. I mean, it's not. I guess it's it's such an iconic ending that it's not really a spoiler anymore, you know. But still, like that reveal that Charlton Heston was on Earth all along is is amazing and. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, the original Planet of the Apes. I don't know whether I should have discussed this film now or brought it up later, but I was like, I, I can't ignore this film's ending and the film's themes when it talks about like the dangers of um, church and state being like so closely connected, you know, and uh, how that can lead to a revisionist history and um like a government ignorance you know it's kind of weird that we've sort of been having this problem for such a long time and, and we're still having been, this problem and no right one's now. been doing anything about it <laughs> and like it's nuclear nuclear warfare themes you know it's it's all great but then once you realize that like oh shit this is earth this was earth all along this wasn't even <laughs> This wasn't some sort of alternate eight planet. This is the future. This is what will happen to us if we keep doing this stuff. We're going to have <laughs> weird orangutan priests be running. <laughs> Maybe we, we already do have an orangutan running in our country. Oh. And yeah, that's my movie. no but like the atmosphere of this movie is so great and like it's another like perfect dystopian film where it's shot in utah they crash land in lake powell thing but it's supposed to be the ocean um it's so just the atmosphere it's it's such a quiet but dangerously quiet film and the score is like 
the use of just like a drum and like a piano, you know, like the Planet of the Apes score is iconic. The makeup and costuming has become like defining for the science fiction genre, you know. Uh, the performances are great. Charlton Heston's like overacting is just, you know, it's it's perfect for this film. And yeah, Planet of the Apes, that's my last movie. Mm. Okay. What do you think, Chris? Um, wow, it's been so many. I remember watching this when I was in high school um, with like for my film class. And man, I remember like, because I remember like I had no idea what this movie was about in the slightest. I mean, like, I knew it was about a Planet of the Apes, obviously. <laughs> but then like, obviously like them going into like things like, obviously like the ending alluding to like nuclear warfare and stuff like that but also like like racial divides which has of course been like kind of more fully expressed within the more contemporary planet of the apes films yeah but like yeah that's something else to like consider and that's also like a very powerful message especially nowadays um i will say though as as i do really really like the original movie but i would honestly be a little hesitant to put this on the list on the final doc Mm-hmm. And here's why. The reason for that is that I think every film that we've talked about so far has had time travel as an integral part of its narrative. But in this film, it's time travel isn't really integrated into the story until the very end. It happens at it, the very beginning, and we don't know yeah. it, and then it only is revealed yeah. at the very end. Yeah, because like we just think they're traveling through space, but little do we know they just travel through time. Right. And we thought, and like it's more of like a pass, quote unquote, passive time travel film, if you will um i mean no i still totally get like why you why you would nominate this film but i don't know if it's quite quintessential time travel for me but no i still definitely see your your uh your what, what's the word i guess i guess thesis for why you would nominate my point film. of view yeah my point of view i'm about to piss <laughs> off ethan in three two one go i saw the uh tim burton planet of the apes before i saw this movie that 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 planet of the apes movie wow i love the ending of that movie it shocked me but i didn't really get it but for some reason here's what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna redeem myself a little bit when i did see planet of the apes the original with charlton heston i remember thinking wow that was an amazing ending and i got it but when yeah. I, I didn't get the Tim Burton one, so I guess that shows no. quality. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> there's a, does. There's a quality divide there that uh. you can recognize based on how the film is put together. Uh, like I said, like it's a great movie. Like Chris said, I don't think it's a great time travel movie, but it's it's definitely a really good movie. Understands, like you said, the great themes about our past and how we can kind of learn from it before we make those mistakes in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what this this story is. It's a great cautionary tale. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. simply said, you know, simply yeah. said. Though, can you guys think of another time travel movie before Back to the Future that's like yes as popular as this? No. Uh. So I'm saying the Final uh, Countdown. Now that it came out after the huh? What now? Am I right, viewers, listeners? The, the, there's this Pearl <laughs> Harbor movie. About uh, <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> no, it's not battleship. It's it's called the Final Countdown, where this Hawaiian battleship. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm telling. Okay, hold up. Keep keep listening. Uh, where this Hawaiian battleship sneaks through a wormhole, uh, in the 1970s and appears in the 1940s, and they're like, they have to decide whether or not they have to 
react to Pearl Harbor or not. And then Rihanna say boom. <laughs> no. <laughs> the key sound effect. <laughs> Again? <laughs> no, please. It took me so long to find yeah, that. Yeah, but that's one that's that was a time travel movie that was uh, fairly popular. I saw it. Good. <laughs> and if Brandon saw it, everybody saw it. CC's jack shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's move away from this dumpster fire of a choice, apparently. I know you guys hate it. Whatever. I don't care. I don't even care anymore. Chris, what's your number three? All right. Number three. So remember earlier I said uh, I was going to save the less controver- quote-unquote controversial one for last? Yeah. yeah. But as I was thinking about it, uh, th- I, don't, I think this would be a lot <laughs> less controversial for sure. However, this movie has a similar theme to Click. Now let me explain. Why. Wait a second. Now, here's this movie. It is a movie. Okay, let me see. It Ethan is... gave it four. Brandon gave it four and a half. It is a movie from 2014, directed by my namesake, Christopher Nolan. It's Interstellar. Oh. oh. Interstellar. That's a... Now, how is that okay. similar to Click? No, 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 no. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Let me, let me talk about Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, so here's the story, right? Yeah. We have Matthew McConaughey, right? And he. Throughout this movie, like, of course, we have the whole, like, like the adventure of the entire group of explorers, like, barreling through space and, you know, the discovering, like, you know, like, space travel and things like that. But what is really, like, gripping to me about this movie, I think the most infamous scene in this movie, other than maybe the wormhole scene, is, yeah, Brandon's acting. I wish we could take a picture of that. Ethan takes a screenshot of that. Yeah, it's the scene where uh, Matthew McConaughey is watching a um, video message from his daughter. But keep in mind, one of the things that this movie plays with is how time manipulates through the travel through space because they are exceeding past light speed, yeah. which obviously affects time. Now, when I said that this movie has a similar message to Click, think about this, right? Matthew Kane is quite literally rushing through life, right? Not taking his time and spending time with his family, nor especially his daughter. So we get this overwhelming sense of like, oh man, like the morality of like, like doing this to someone and also like, what is like, what is life without actually living it? You know, like how... What is the extent of this experience if it's not properly experienced? I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, I mean, I don't know. It's just like it's so enworldening and like a oh, little little story about this movie. The so when Nolan and team were trying to figure out how they're going to visualize this black hole, obviously no one, at, at least at the time, had taken like an accurate, like a very like accurate representation of what a black hole looks like. I would know how it moves, how light moves around it, things like that. They were trying to figure out how to visualize such a grand phenomenon. So they went to these professors at this university. I don't remember which university, maybe Yale or something, and uh, asked their scientists, like, how would we visualize this? And they gave them math equations to integrate into their animation and their visual effects. So they were able to accurately represent mathematically how this looks. So they ran it through a simulation and ran it through, like, you know, like, um animations and everything and then they were looking at it and something looked off about it like it didn't quite look the way they thought it would 
and they were like, oh, this must be a glitch. Like, but all of the math is exactly what the scientists gave us. So let's take it back to them and see what they think and see if they have any input. Maybe something's wrong. They take it back to the to them and show them the footage that they created in the animation. And then the professors realize something. They they discover a new way to think about black holes because of this movie. And two thesis papers were written, not thesis, but like thesis papers by professors were written about this about about it. So this movie quite literally also contributed to the scientific community as a part of that. Yeah. As a byproduct of it. So that's re- that's a really cool story. Wow. Not that that changes anything for this for the for the movie, but it's I don't know. It's a really great like little like tidbit. I think I think Chris, this but yeah, this movie, I mm-hmm. forgot it existed until you mentioned it, and I wow. love. This I mean, movie. Nolan's I movies are like so like like they. You always think about one, but you forget that he made a bunch of other right because everybody knows obviously the Dark Knight. I yeah. I always whenever I think of Nolan, I think Dark Knight, Inception. And Memento, and I don't even like Inception that much. Um, mm-hmm. But we, you, whenever you mention his other movies, you're like, "Oh shit, yeah, he made that," you know. And I'm not trying to like yeah. praise his praises or exercise his praises because everybody does, uh, especially in the film Twitter community. Oh yeah, but that 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 movie is just. I think it's one of his emotionally most mature movies. Uh, I remember being really confused by it when I first saw it because I mean I was a you know young young kid when I saw it I mean 15 for that movie and I was expecting this like action sci-fi time travel mess and it wasn't that at all it was a sophisticated story about um, a man trying to connect with his daughter and do this mission for all humanity and I, I really bought into it and I remember the second time I watched it I adored this movie so much so that I raised my rating like I think of like a star and a half. Uh, I know I didn't have Letterboxd back then, but like I raised it higher than I I usually raise movies when I rewatch them. And part of that is because like there literally isn't that many flaws with the movie because it's so scientifically accurate. The the special features behind this movie are some of the most fascinating special features you'll ever see on in cinema. And I don't think that speaks to the movie that much, but the lengths at which they went to talk about time and time's effect on people and the way that space and time interact kind of like in Dr. Strange is just so out of this world and really cool that you can't help but love the movie if you if you're really like paying attention to its making and what it means wow well yeah. That's wow, insane. He pitched that better than he pitched that better than I did. Yeah, <laughs> I I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters. I've only seen it once, and yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. I didn't necessarily like the ending though. Like it's it's kind of weird for me for you to say like how scientifically accurate it is, but then it goes into like this shit about love, right? That's the what, weakest part of the movie, just because yeah. Anne Hathaway's character feels out of place. And I, yeah, it's just. It's really, it, it really took me out of it when I first heard it because I was like, wait, that's that's it? That's what this is all about, you know? But it's a beautiful film, like visually. Like the planets look cool. Like the, the space travel looks cool. The score by Hans Zimmer is amazing, you know? Um, yeah, this is a solid pick. This is a solid pick. Um, let's see, we're, we're going a little long here, so let's let's get to Brandon's and then we'll... Uh, 
My final film is a philosophical one, and you guys know what it is. Oh. It's this uh, romantic comedy done in 2013 called About Time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say real quick, I perfectly predicted all of it. Yeah? I yeah. Woo! I perfectly predicted I thought Endgame was going to be in it. Uh, I'm surprised no one did it. I thought it was too obvious. I mm. thought Brandon was going to pick it. No. So I thought I you were going to pick Strange it. instead. These are here before I before you get into yours, Brandon. These are two that I didn't pick because I thought other people were going to pick it. Endgame and Terminator Two. Yeah, I didn't pick Terminator Two either. I thought someone else would. I thought Brandon would. I can't pick more oh. than three movies. <laughs> Wait, you said you like, right. Oh, I don't, know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just like Brandon might. I don't know. <laughs> Fraud. No. <laughs> okay, going about Chris and I haven't seen this film. I want to watch it, but you've told us not to watch it unless we watch it with you. So we haven't seen it. Well, every so time it comes, movie. this movie is about a guy who on his, tw- I think it's like his 21st birthday, which is happens to be on New Year's. It's my New Year's Eve movie every year, who the day after is told by his father that all the men in their family, when they turn this age, can travel through time. They can't go forward, but they can go back and they can go back as many times as they want to. All they have to do is go inside of a cupboard clench their fists, close their eyes, and think of the time they want to go to. Uh, And the movie starts out, as you'd expect, this kind of, like, slashy, funny, like, it's very funny, but definitely overly sentimental romantic comedy about this guy trying to find a girlfriend. And it it has Margot Robbie in it when when she first, like, took off. I think this was her, like, the big movie I saw her in before Wolf of Wall Street. So that was cool. But I, I just remember being so moved by it because after that first half, which starts to transcend into this realism, this magical realism of the world, it evolves into this story about like, what are you doing with your life? You know, what what is, how do you, yeah, you specifically, Ethan, <laughs> how, do, how should I be spending my life? Should I be spending it trying to change everything that I do, live every day to the fullest or just go back and relive like certain moments because of how good they are. Or should you remember the bad things and that happen in life if you can travel in time and avoid them at all costs? And it really plays with that. And I, I was shocked by the second half of this movie. And it's one of the few movies that consistently like makes me cry whenever I watch it. Just because of how emotionally it speaks to me about traveling in time and living your life. And the end of this movie... I, I, I love the end of this movie so much. It's just so cinema verite. Ah, the cinema. Yeah, so I, because Brandon's been preaching this film for a long time to us, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. And we've, we haven't watched it because we've been waiting for him to show it to us because he wants to show it to us. So I've been, I've been trying to be completely blind on what like this film was. All I've seen is like the poster, which is also Brandon's wallpaper. um and yeah that's that's sounds pretty a creative way to implement time travel and uh romantic comedy you know okay that's a good pick it's a good pick what do you think chris yeah i mean like yeah like you said brandon's been like telling us to watch the movie for so long and um yeah and like i i really want to watch it with him because like you know it would be weird for me to watch it without brandon I remember a while ago, I, actually, I forgot that Brandon wanted... <laughs> my first time watching Superbad, I forgot Brandon wanted to watch that with me. 
but I accidentally watched it with Joey and Tori while we were at their place. <laughs> Everybody was like, he watched it without me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I yeah, but I really want to see this one with Brandon because I know this movie means a lot to him. Um, I mean, I don't really know too much about it. I know obviously I, I know this time travel. Um, I know it's very romantic and very heart-wrenching. Um Am I correct that Vanessa Kirby's in this movie? Yeah, she is. This was like her okay. first or second like major movie ever. Yeah. So that's great. Love her. Um, she was great in Hobson Shaw. You had to <laughs> Nothing do else. This. You had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm excited to see this movie one day. Um, I can't really speak on it, obviously, but like I really do think this is a at least based on the concept, I think it could be really, really, really sweet. Oh, it definitely yeah. is. I think it'll really catch you off guard. Um, I, I know a lot of people who don't like it because it's schmaltzy, but I know equally just as many people who are surprised that they like fell in love with this movie because nobody talks about it. Really, nobody does. So Nobody does besides you. No, I'm the only one. Hey, it's me, About Time fan. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do a little animation for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. There's our films. There's our film. Okay, these are some good picks. Uh, let's let's go and run them down. Let's run them down. So, uh, my stack was Doctor Strange, number my first film. Army of Darkness is number two, and finishing it off is Planet of the Apes. Chris, take us through yours. Mine is Edge of Tomorrow. Click. And Interstellar. Brandon? Back to the Future, Looper, and About Time. Okay. And now here, here comes the moment of truth. I feel this is, this is going to be a very difficult stack to pick. I would like okay. to pitch a stack. Okay, go for go it. Go for it. All right. You need to have Back to the Future in there because it's this quintessential time travel movie. Because <laughs> it, it is. Right. It is. It's the perfect, it's one of the most perfect movies ever made, regardless of the fact that it's a time travel movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's About Time because it's so emotional and uh, such a. Beautiful... We haven't seen About Time. It's not hey. going to be on the final stack. Okay. And then we got Looper. Looper is this fantastic. No, you're 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 like, you know, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. No, I got a real stack, though. I got a real stack, okay. though. All right. So. I do really want Back to the Future in this deck. I think it is the okay. perfect time travel movie. And then I'm going to go with one of Chris's movies. I, I like Interstellar. Click. Click. No. No. Interstellar. Because of how scientifically accurate it is. I've heard it's one of the most scientifically accurate films that deals with the passage of time. Not just time travel as like a like an idea. But it doesn't really feel like science fiction in this movie. It feels like science, you know. And then we're gonna go with about time because of how emotional this movie uh, is at first. Uh, <laughs> no way. Okay. Uh, can I can I propose something? It's not a stack, but I have an, an idea for a okay. stack. So the way that I the way at least I approach my stack is to show time travel as a very diverse subgenre, if you will, yeah. of movies. Like, you know, when you think time travel, you think like stupid, like dumb, crazy antics um and you know like just being ridiculous and everything like that but obviously as you know as from our nine films that we have all chosen together are it's a very diverse subgenre where you can integrate different you know like moods atmospheres and tones into it so i think it it would be great if we explore different aspects of time travel so for example take action movie we could throw, I'm not saying we should, but we could throw in, say, either Doctor Strange, Looper, or Edge of Tomorrow. 
go into and then take in, and then switch gears into a more emotional movie, say Interstellar or um, or About Time or Back to the Future, or hey, if that if you want to go the comedy route, Back to the Future fits in there as well. Or if you want to go the science route, Interstellar fits in there too. I, don't know, I think it's, I think it'd be really cool if we had like a diverse a diverse range. I agree with that, and that's why I have a, a stacked pitch. No, so go for it. Rejected. Um, <laughs> so this, uh, the format is similar to the stack of my own, where but I've we've also got different genres here, like you said, Chris, like different subgenres. Okay. So we start out with an action film that sort of is time all over the place. That's Doctor Strange. Please let me have this one. Let me just have one. Okay. No. This is the only one of my films. No. And then we go to jumping forward in time, which is interstellar, of course, because they never go back. It's always forward, right? Correct? Yes, yes. Well, they, they return to the past. Oh, they go back. they go back. Yeah. They go back and they- <laughs> Okay, so how about this? All right, fine. So why don't we start oh. out with Interstellar? And then we as our back one, or as our forward one, we do Planet of the Apes. Huh? And then the last one is Back to the Future because it's so classic. So we just got, you know, you know blah, blah, blah. And it's the classic one. <laughs> no. No. No? I don't want I it. Listen, Ethan. Ethan. Okay. My boy. Brid- my boy. Let me, let I, me say something. I can't have Army of Darkness because that's a going back film. And Back to the Future is a going back film. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. I'm not having those movies. None of None them? None of them? No. Not even Back to the Future? You, no, you not- won't even. None of my, you won't have any of my movies on this list. No. <laughs> wow. Is this going to be shot out this episode? Chris, let's. I just, let's I just don't. They, I just don't. Okay, it's back to the future total. Oh, okay. I don't want that. I don't want that. Okay. Look, if I'm, if I'm, I'm going to stay objective. Okay. I think it's important that we keep the diversity in mind. You know, diversity is important nowadays, you know? Anyway. Brandon. <laughs> so. Action movies, right? We have Looper. We have Doctor Strange. We have Edge of Tomorrow. We have science movies. We have Interstellar. And uh, we have... Back to the Future is science. Back to the Future is science because Doc Brown. Honestly, yeah. If you want to go science, I guess you can. I mean, it did kind of pioneer that concept, I guess, in a way. Um, And then you have emotionally based films like Click and About Time. And Planet of the Apes. Ethan, I'm sorry. I have no idea what your movies are. I don't know what Army of Darkness or... Um, and I don't think Planet of the Apes is that great to be on this list because it's not that that strong of a time travel movie. Yeah, I agree. I would be okay with Doctor Strange. I would. But honestly, I it think just it feels is, so but wrong I, because you have... I feel like Edge of Tomorrow is a better time travel movie. Than, just give me that one Strange. then. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't, Ethan, because here's the thing. Doctor Strange is a part of this franchise. And it, so... And you, yeah, and it feels wrong the to pair it. Okay, no, because it, it with all these Marvel movies, they connect to each other in certain ways, and it just feels the credits. just the, not the <laughs> just the fucking. But no, Doctor Strange does stand on its own. I do come to Ethan's defense on that one. I just don't think it fits but, with the other movies. Yeah, either I'd be lying. I, I the only one I like and I would like be willing to put on your on the list is Doctor Strange. But part of me kind of feels like Edge of Tomorrow might be a better action film. The one I don't I, know anything about Luke, so I can't really speak on it. The but. only movie that was on Ethan's list that I was like considering was Army of Darkness, but Chris hasn't seen it, and I have no 
I, I, I have qualms with the idea of putting it on the list because it doesn't fit with the tones of the other movies. He's a dude from the 80s who goes back to the 1300s. What more time travel is that? Boo. Boo. Fuck. Okay. Okay. It's been a while since we had a since we had a shutout. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, at least you're gonna shut me out. Can I like? Can I pitch one that doesn't involve me at all? Then. Yes. Sure. Fucking hate you too. I got shut out. I got shut out once. I feel your pain. Yeah, but that one was was justified. Oh. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. 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 Uh, how about we start with Edge of Tomorrow? Um, then Looper, then Interstellar. No, <laughs> I'm wondering. Okay, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know anything about Looper, so take, oh! take this with a grain of salt. But Looper, Looper, I feel like is kind of that's a movie like, about it, it's, it's, but it's very similar to Edge of Tomorrow. I, yeah, I, assume I agree. In the sense of the action, it's very so pretty. I feel like you could replace that with either About Time or Back to the Future. I would say I would put Back to the Future in the place of Looper. Because I think Back to the Future is as fun as Edge of Tomorrow. Just less of a quality movie. But because here's what here's how I want to organize it. Um, Chris, we put Back to the Future first because it takes place in 1955 and 1985. Okay. We put Edge of Tomorrow last future because it's in the future and we put about time in in the middle because it's present no, 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 no. what about interstellar i i would rather have interstellar than about time if i'm gonna be i'd familiar. rather have interstellar than edge of tomorrow okay so then let's do uh looper and interstellar and a back to the future hmm. that's not the order right. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give i'll give you that because i know i haven't seen looper and i'm willing to let that slide Okay, Looper, Interstellar, Back to the Future. What order? I think that's the order. Because you want to end with like the most classic one, you know? You don't want to do the like, time period, like, you know, because Looper is kind of like this modern day dystopia. And then Back to the Future is like, okay. yeah, you're right, though. You want to end on the big one. Or maybe we should go backwards, like back in time. Gotta um, go back in time. So we start out with Interstellar because it's in the far future. Yeah, or sort of far future. Then you have Looper because yeah. it's dystopia, and then you have Back to the Future because it's the best, but also because it takes place in like the eighties, fifties. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can go with that. Okay. All right. Better luck next time, Ethan. I don't like <laughs> how how bullied I was this episode. But I'm, I'm like... sorry. I like your movies. It's just they don't fit the category of the other they movies well. Terminator Two. God damn it. <laughs> I probably would have picked Terminator 2. Yeah, I would have, yeah. Fuck. Because I wanted to... Should have done Terminator 2 instead of Army of Darkness. Another stack, Ethan. Another stack. That's a big... For another stack. Okay. Let's run them down. Uh, Chris, you go first. Okay, so our first movie is going to be Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Um, Very emotional, scientific... And very, very captivating movie. Mm, yeah. One of Nolan's best, I think we can agree on. Okay, Brandon, Maybe take us number two. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Looper is a great Hitman action movie that 
that I was not prepared. I was I was I was writing my Back to the Future script. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Looper is a great hitman movie that deals with the realistic repercussions of time travel uh, and the moral ambiguities and vulnerabilities of real life human beings when they're dealing with killing people and sometimes their own selves from the future. And our third film is Back to the Future. And that'll do us. <laughs> all right. And our third film is the most iconic time travel movie of all time. It's a classic movie. It's got a great script. It's got great performances. So it's, it's overrated. Just kidding. It's, it's back to the future. And that'll be our stack. That's this episode. That's the show. Once again, I'm like, yep. There we go. Time travel, baby. Cool. Sick beans. Cool beans. Um, I just like to remind everyone that we've expanded our podcast onto multiple feeds now: YouTube, Anchor, and Spotify. If you have another, if you have a suggestion of where else you'd like to see this, just hit me up. Hit hit any of us up in the comments below or uh, on Twitter. You know, let us know where else you'd like to hear our our little voices, our sweet little angel voices. And yeah, that'll be it from me, Brandon, Chris. This has been stacked, and we'll catch you next time. Uh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>